Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Coronavirus and classrooms. Special coverage on Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. It is our uh, special coverage today, and uh, I've been looking forward to this all weekend long, and uh, there are some things in your life that take all your energy out and some that just keep giving it back, and uh, I think one of the great energizer uh, folks in our community is uh, President Astrid Tuminez from Utah Valley University, who joins us on the line. President, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, boy. Uh, I I loved your piece uh, in the Deseret News over the weekend, talking about some of the lessons that you have learned so far during the coronavirus and how it's reshaping some of the opportunities there at Utah Valley University for your students. Yes, so so, uh, coronavirus has indeed reshaped, that is the right word, and we've learned many lessons. I don't know if you want me to comment on some of those. Yeah, let's actually let's start with the uh, the first one there. You you talked about uh, I love the way you framed this agility and iteration uh, in terms yes. of how you approached it. Tell us more about that. Yes. So um, so as soon as COVID nineteen hit, and and I remember that it hit when I was in Las, <clears throat> Las Vegas at a, a basketball tournament for the Western Athletic Conference. So agility was that we had to react immediately. Luckily, we were on spring break. We were able to move over 4,000 core sections to an online format, really in record time. And then, of course, you don't get everything right. We had hundreds and hundreds of complaints at the beginning, and then those dwindled. We we set up very centralized uh, platforms for complaining. So all student complaints in one area, all academic complaints, then we tried to address those. And so you, you, you're agile, but you iterate, and then you, once you get the feedback, do it better. Get someone to respond. And then yeah. at the end of the day, we were happy to celebrate um, over 6,000 students graduating. Wow. Uh, and, and I love the fact that you uh, had that courageous vulnerability to recognize. So many institutions are trying to say, oh, there's no problem here, nothing to see here, we're doing great. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that you, one, created a space for it, two, that you then took that and began to iterate and improve and then communicate back, which is really the second point of how you communicate that back to create that confidence. Yes, and so communication was sort of the second pillar of it. And really at the beginning, I think we were scrambling. There was a little bit of that feeling of panic. We're only human. Right. And and I, I actually personally stepped in to say communication must flow this way. So the frequency, the content, um, the clarity of your communication is really, really critical. Because when people are afraid, when they're anxious, when they're doubtful about our ability to, to carry on, and with students in particular, there's also some confidence that, that plummeted, we had to address all of that. So our second learning was really to communicate frequently, clearly, and with great care. Yeah, so, so important. One of the things that I know you have just done an extraordinary job with down down there at 
at Utah Valley University, is really looking out for the students. One of your pillars is exceptional care. Uh, you've talked yes. about mental health. You've talked about physical health. Uh, how did that play out in the, the midst of the pandemic? Yes, so um, it's interesting that, uh, you know, so with mental health, we just had to make sure that we were open for those services. The feeling of belonging is something that we worked on even more during COVID, and part of that was our communication. But in April, I was really curious as to how our students felt heading into the end of the semester. And we did this survey, which was awesome. 3,700 students responded, and out of that, 1,500 gave qualitative comments, and they named specific faculty and staff who helped. And so we sent 873 individuals thank you notes to thank them for helping the students. What we realized really was for the students, when a professor asked them how they were, how was their family uh, dealing with the pandemic, that was what helped. It wasn't so much that we had great technology, although the technology was extremely helpful, but it's a tool. It was a personal touch that let people know we believed in them, we were there to help them, and that really made all the difference. Uh, for, for all of our listeners, uh, just take note, this is what leadership looks like. This is what leadership acts like. Uh, so again, going through that that agility and iteration, communication, that sense of belonging, so important. I know you also got uh, some government assistance there, which is important to access. But I want to pivot just in our, our time remaining uh, to some of the things that you're already looking toward uh, in the future. What is it that's on your mind? What is it that you, you have learned that you are now excited to apply in moving the university forward? Uh, yeah, so maybe just three things very quickly. I think the first thing we need to do is to continue to be inclusive in our approach to higher education. It's interesting that um, selective universities have postponed ACTs, and ACTs now no longer require them. We've always been doing that. So the people hurt by the pandemic are those who are most vulnerable, and think you know, as we become more inclusive, we will help more people. Second, I think we need to continue to master the linkage between technology and, and the human. So that's digital transformation. We can make life easier, more delightful for students, faculty, and staff as we deploy technology and we train and we really use it in meaningful ways. And then I think third, we need, <clears throat> we need to strengthen partnerships. And these partnerships, whether with government or industry, will help us link the education that we do better with the future of our students as they begin um, in the world of work, as they begin to lead their lives as full adults. Um, so I think all of these are, are really good lessons. It's a silver lining to COVID-19. When you face a challenge, there are things you learn that make you stronger, make you more honest about the things that you really need to do with limited resources. Uh, so good. If you're just joining us, we have uh, President Tuminez from Utah Valley University. Uh, she wrote a, a compelling piece over the weekend on Deseret.com. We've got that posted on our uh, KSL Radio uh, Facebook page as well. I encourage you to to read that. And, uh, President, before I, I turn you loose, uh, now I'm going to ask the personal question. Uh, what, Go ahead. What, <laughs> what, has, <laughs> what has surprised you or what's been a, a personal learning for you? You're, you're leading the organization and you're providing that exceptional care. You're, you're helping all of those gritty, uh, grind it out, make it happen students at UVU uh, have success in so many different ways. What have you learned in this and uh, what surprised you in all of this? Um, what I've learned is that um, I, I always have to be prepared to be whacked by life. And I actually had these doubts at the beginning. You know, I didn't plan to be a pandemic uh, president. And, and one is that I need to accept it. And second, I need to drive hard, honest conversations. 
if I am not able to drive this conversation, conversations, and it must come from a space inside me that is clear and honest and has conviction, you know, we won't succeed. And so the conversations have been direct here at UVU. I hope that my colleagues have appreciated it. I think we overcome anxiety when we are clear and we know what we can do. We know what we cannot do. We have to say what's under our control and what isn't under our control and behave um, truly as leaders. It's been hard. I have to tell you, it's been hard, but I'm enjoying it. There's no day that I don't come in really energized. Uh, well, you energize, uh, I know, uh, the all of those down there at Utah Valley and uh, the rest of us in the community as well. President Dominguez, always appreciate your insight, your perspective, uh, and especially your leadership. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Boyd. All right. Again, uh, that's President Tuminez from Utah Valley University. Uh, you can read that at Deseret.com or on our Facebook. We've got the link there. Also, make sure you go back and listen to the podcast. So many great uh, teachings and learning in there. I love this idea of driving hard, honest conversations. Uh, so important. She actually said that helps you get to clarity. That clarity gives you confidence when you're dealing with anxiety and uncertainty. Uh, and as I said before, that is what leadership looks like. That is what leadership acts like. And uh, a big thank you uh, to President Tamines from Utah Valley University doing just some extraordinary work down there. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, uh, some final thoughts on a Monday. Uh, some things for you to look forward to, some things for you to think about here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.